Jesus tells the disciples, the disciples say, hey, how do we pray? And Jesus does give a formula, right? He gives, um, he gives the, the Lord's Prayer, which we have. And I think that works, and I think it works for people who don't know how to pray or who have never prayed, but I think there's a sense in which we don't know what God does. We don't know how God answers prayer, or we don't know how God doesn't answer prayer. It's, it's hard. And yet here we are at Forefront, and we say every week, prayer matters at Forefront, prayer matters at Forefront. Why? Why does prayer matter? I mean, like right now we're doing this Why campaign, and I want to see the money raised. I want to see our church, um, I, you know, I don't want to have to make cuts. I want to see our kids' stuff do well. And so I'm praying every day, God, I pray that we get the money we need. I pray that we do what we need to do. But at the end of the day, I'm like, there's no magic word. There's like no button I push. Like, you know, I don't know how God operates. I don't know exactly what to pray, right? But, but prayer matters. Why and how does prayer matter? So let me just say first off that whenever I do a message on prayer, I feel woefully inadequate <laughs> because there are so many ways to talk about praying. But what I'm going to do today is I'm going to break down a prayer that Jesus prayed. And I want to talk about how I believe that prayer changes us, changes our church, and changes the way we think about praying, the way we think about God at work. Does that sound okay to you guys? Let's talk about this prayer, all right? Um, this is the prayer. I'm going to read it for us. It says, Jesus... Went, to, went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. He said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took Peter and two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. All right, now Jesus prays a lot. He goes away to pray a lot. This one's incredibly important. In fact, some of the Gospels say that Jesus was sweating drops of blood. Have you heard about that? Have you read this before? And so there's, this, there's a, a disease. I was wikipedia it. I was like, what happens when you sweat? It's called hematidrosis, and it's like sweat glands rupture, and it, it, it exudes blood, and it occurs in conditions of extreme physical or emotional stress or severe mental anxiety. So Jesus is like scared to death. Like legitimately at this point, right? This is what Jesus is. And he prays two prayers. He prays, Lord, let this cup pass over me. I'm going to get to that in a second. Um, but basically, we've all prayed that prayer. And basically, that prayer is just going, help, right? You guys ever pray, help? Yeah, that's what Jesus is praying. Help. I'm going to get to that in one second. But what else does Jesus pray? He prays, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Lord, I can't know what you have. I don't know what you have in store for me. Here's my I help, but I'm going to have to go with whatever you got. That is the single most devastating prayer that I think we can possibly pray. Lord, not my will, but your will be done. The single most devastating thing, the scariest, most important, life-changing thing we could pray, God, I pray that your will be done. Uh, there was a time in our lives that we were infertile. It took us forever to have kids. And I would never pray your will be done, ever. I pray, God, I want a kid, I want a kid, I want a kid. And the reason I pray, I never prayed your will be done because maybe uh, God had bigger plans for my wife and I that we wouldn't have kids. And I never wanted to pray that. That's a big, scary prayer. And even now, when we do have kids, I'm always like, God, uh, take care of them, take care of them, please take care of them, your, but, your, but your will be done. But take care of them, but take care of them. You know, like... It's a scary prayer to say, Lord, your will be done, because what you're saying is you're saying that what I have in mind, what's going on with me, uh, can't even come close to the infinite and unimaginable. 
God, you might have a whole other thing that we can't even see that's going on, and it might not be exactly what we want, and we hope that it's better. Not my will, but your be done is one of the scariest things we can possibly pray. But here's what I want you to know. Here's what I want you to know. There's a really good reason we pray this prayer. And so when Jesus prays this prayer, it actually harkens all the way back to Genesis. Okay, we've been in Genesis a lot lately, haven't we? So if you want to open up to Genesis 1, if you have your Bible apps with you. Genesis, um, I've been reading this theologian who says that every time he reads Genesis, uh, he finds something new. Totally, I'm feeling the same way right now. We should all read Genesis. Um, And so there's these these passages in Genesis, all in chapter 1, where in Genesis 1 it says the land produced vegetation, plants, plant-bearing seeds according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds, and God saw it was good. Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water and the seas and let the birds increase on earth, and then be fruitful and increase in number. And so what you have is you have this pattern. You have this pattern in Genesis. It's creation, but creation is left unfinished. It's creation that allows us to create more. So the, the trees and the plants can create more trees and plants, right? They're reproducing. The birds and the uh, fish can reproduce. Animals can reproduce. We can reproduce. And so I didn't know this. I just read about this a couple weeks ago. I thought it was fascinating. That in the Jewish culture, in the Jewish tradition, this was a really big deal. So the Bible that Jesus read, how many people forget that Jesus read Genesis just like we do? Kind of awesome. Kind of awesome. Anyway, um, uh, in Jewish tradition, they would look at these passages and they would say, well, this is good news. And it's good news because we get to partner with God in God's unfinished creation of the kingdom. And so that's how the Jewish tradition was operating at the time. We're partnering with God in God's unfinished creation. We get to help God do more. We get to help God continue creation. We get to help creation evolve and move forward to a place where we get to God's perfect kingdom. That's what we get to do. And I love that, right? Because now we have a part in it. And so when Jesus prays a prayer like, not my will, but your will be done, what Jesus in essence is saying is he's going back to Genesis and he's saying, I am partnering with you in the way that you're continuing to create. I'm partnering with you in your ongoing creation. That's what Jesus is basically saying. Prayer matters at forefront because prayer allows us to partner with God in bringing the creation, evolution, and growth to God's kingdom. We get to be a part of God's unfinished business. Now, when I started this church five years ago, right, I would pray for people, I would pray for things, and then eventually I started just praying, God, your will be done, your will be done. It felt a little less scary praying for our church that way, like, probably let God take care of it. Um, But I prayed your will be done, and what happened was pretty amazing. Like, I I started to hear stories, and especially now during this Why Forefront campaign, uh, there's one couple who were like, listen, uh, we were on the rocks, we were going to get a divorce, we started coming to Forefront, and now we have lifelong friends, our marriage is better than ever. I don't think I could have prayed that. But praying like, Lord, your will be done allows me to partner with God in God's unfinished business. That's some of God's unfinished business, to restore that relationship. When you say your will be done, we get on board with what God is up to. We get on board with the stuff that we might not even think about. There's somebody last week who was like, Jonathan, this is the first time I've ever been a part of a church where not only am I told that I loved, but I can participate in it. Every other church I've been a part of has told me that I can't participate. It's changing me. I don't think I could have prayed that. But by praying, your will be done, we partner with God in God's unfinished business, and we, we see the, the continual restoration, the continual reconciliation, the continual renewal. It's a scary prayer, Lord, your will be done, but all of a sudden, big things start to happen that you could never, that I could never have imagined. 
right? And we get to be a part of it. Someone told me last week, they were like, you know what? Uh, I've been to church my entire life. I know every scripture there ever is to know more than you, and I believed her. Um, And she goes, but here's the first time that scripture has ever mattered to me. It's ever made sense to me. That's not a prayer I could pray on my own. But when I pray, your will be done, I'm partnering with God in God's unfinished business, and we get stories like these, stories where people are changed in ways that I can't change them, but by partnering with God, God changes them. Your will be done. Devastating, scary, but when we pray it, it aligns with the beauty of God who is reconciling all things. It changes our expectations to recognize that we are changing. It's not God that's changing. It's we are changing to say, okay, God, I think you got better stuff going on. It reminds me of like the first step. Anybody ever do 12 steps? It's like the first step. When you're doing it, it's like I'm powerless over this, so I'm giving it to you, God. That's what it is. I love it. So how do we get there? How do we get to a place where we can boldly and confidently say, God, not my will, but yours be done? Well, I think we have to go back up to what Jesus first prayed. Let this cup pass over me. What this is is confession. we got to clear ourselves, Okay. Jesus is confessing. I don't want to do this. The Psalm 25 is David saying, really, this is terrible. Can we stop this running around and just save me from my enemies? Can we do this? It's a confession. It's a spilling out. Um, A confession is every time we say, this sin issue that I have is blocking me from doing the thing that I want to do. Or this confession, this thing that, 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 or this thing that, that um, is hurting me, it, it, it continues to hurt, and I don't want it to hurt me any longer. So I confess, please get rid of it. Or God, I do want to marry my you know, girlfriend. Or God, I don't understand why the abuse keeps happening. Like A confession is just the spilling out the honest prayer. I've said this before, and I'll say it again, because I think, I think this is really what confession is. Confession is like throwing up. How many people here have thrown up before? (laughs) People are like, I've never thrown up in my life. You know exactly what I mean, right? You don't feel good, and you're like, this is not good. Something's going on inside of me that's not good. And you you run to the toilet, and you lean over, and someone comes in, and you go like this. And you do that, and then you throw up. And everybody does this, because you throw up, and then you do that spit thing. You're like... You know what I'm talking about? Everybody knows exactly what I'm talking about. And you do that, and then at the end of it, you sort of stand up, and how do you, you have that weird sweat? You know this, every, come on, everybody knows. You got the weird sweat, right? And all of a sudden, you're like, man, that was awful, but wow, I feel so much better, right? That sweat's there, and you're just like, oh, I'm good for at least the next 15 minutes, right? Like, that's sort of how you feel. So that's confession. That's confession. There's something that is within us that needs to be expelled in such a way where we physically react to it. There's something going on in our hearts that, that, you know, for me, all last week was filled with anxiety. I just had terrible anxiety all week, and it wasn't until I just was like, God, this is ridiculous. I need to be done with this anxiety right now, and I know it's my brain. I know it's weird chemicals reacting and doing different things. Stop it. Like, and just feeling like I had to yell that out. It was then that I was finally like, you know what, I'm going to survive. I'm going to be okay. That's confession. And when we get to confession, we're clear. We're all done. We broke out in the sweat. And now we can say, okay, God, your will be done. But here's what else it does, because I think this is important. I think when we're able to confess and clear ourselves out and say, this is what's going on in my life. I have this thing, and I, I hate it, and I want it done. I mean, Jesus confesses on the cross. My God, my God, why, why have you forsaken me? 
And I always think it's funny when new atheists are like, oh, Christians don't believe in Jesus. And it's like, Jesus didn't believe in God. Why have you forsaken me? Relax. But no, like, but, um, but my, uh, my point is that you know, Jesus has to do it, right? We do it too. We confess. And when we do, we come in tune with the way the Spirit is working. We come in tune with the mystery of the Holy Spirit that works in prayer and among us. Let me explain. Uh, we were out to dinner with some friends three or four weeks ago, and this friend said to us, he goes, you know what? Prayer's important. He goes, I was praying for a friend. And I'm praying for this friend at 8 in the morning. And all of a sudden, I get a text from my friend, and my friend goes, are you praying for me? And he was like, yes, I'm praying for you. And I used to think that was so dumb. Like, that never happens, right? But when you're confessing, like when you're freeing yourself of all the things that are here, and you're able to let it out, and you're able to see clearly, you're able to see there's a Holy Spirit at work that allows you to sense and feel the mystery and the energy and the goodness that prayer brings. Somebody who is a mom at this church was like, you know what, um, I feel your prayers, and I believed her. Like the sense in which she had come to the end, and she was like, God, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I have new kids, and I don't know what to do, and everybody starts praying, and she goes, I feel that. I've confessed that I don't know what else to do, and now it's here. Now I'm able to partner with God. I love what John Philip Newell says about this. He says, the practice of prayer is allowing the deepest part of us to come up into awareness and expression. Prayer is not about beseeching a distant one to alter the mystery of reality, but rather prayer is about coming into tune with the deepest energies within us, the energies that I believe are of the one. The practice of prayer is bringing us back into a relationship with that which is already among us and within us. So when we pray, we pray not my will but yours be done. Our perspective aligns with the mystery and the energy and the beauty of our God who is reconciling all things. That's good news. I don't know. We don't know how God answers prayer. We don't. We don't. What I do know is that when we confess absolutely changes us. It changes us. And so it makes me wonder, maybe prayer's for us. Maybe it's not for the infinite and unimaginable God. Maybe it's for us to say yes to the infinite and unimaginable God. Maybe that's what it is. I have a um, friend, and she uh, was talking to me, and she goes, you know what I think prayer is? And I go, what? And she goes, prayer is just saying yes all day long. Yes. You know, I don't have it together. Yes. Oh my gosh, here comes somebody that's going to give me a hard time. Yes. Oh my gosh, I'm going to actually do this even though I don't want to do it. Yes. Oh my gosh, I'm going to be a, a parent. Yes. Oh my gosh, God is calling me to this new and big thing. Yes. Prayer changes us. It changes us as long as we're confessing, as long as we're throwing up, spilling forth, clearing ourselves so that we can say to God, God, not my will, but your, be done, your will be done. Yes. It's not some God that needs me to spin around three times, read Psalm 25, and sprinkle some dust in the air. And it's not some God who's going to reach God's hand down and, like, wind us up like little toys and, like, make us go wherever we're going to go. It's a God who says, I'm renewing and I'm creating and I'm changing this place. We have unfinished business. When you confess, when you clear the way, you get to partner with me in that. Say yes. Say yes to it. We're going to go into this time of communion right now. And in this time of communion, um, we get to see, Jesus, like, firsthand, like, Jesus comes, right, to show us what it looks like for God to bring God's kingdom here. 
for God to, how God partners with us. We get to look at Jesus who, who is on the cross who says, God, why have you forsaken me? Confession. And it says, not my will but yours be done. And all of a sudden we get death, but we get the resurrection, which is far greater than probably any prayer anyone could have ever prayed because it changes history forever. We get to be a part of that. So here's what I want to do. We're going to pray, and after we pray, I want you to come up. There's going to be two people. You have the cracker and the juice. I just want you to be thankful for the fact that there's unfinished business that God calls us to. We get to partner with it. And as you come up, I want you to come up ready to say yes. Will you close your eyes? I want you to close your eyes. I want you to let go of your thoughts. And I want you to start with confession. Where are you finding trouble and pain? Just confess that to God right now. God can handle it. God can handle Jesus saying, why have you forsaken me? God can handle our confession. Confess the anxiety. Confess the pain. Confess where you feel like you haven't measured up. Confess the struggle. And remember that as you confess, you are tapping into a source, a Holy Spirit that billions have prayed through before and billions are going to pray, with, pray through after you. You're tapping into that. And it's a Holy Spirit at work in your life. And if you're brave enough today, pray that you're, pray, pray to God that, that, that God's will be done. So right now, if you're brave enough, pray, God, I pray your will be done. And then finally, pray, God, I want to partner with you in the renewal of all things. There's unfinished business. God, I pray that we partner with you in all of this unfinished business. God, we are thankful that you model, that you show us what confession can look like. We're thankful that you model to us the way in which we partner with you in unfinished work. We pray that you would use us as that vessel. Give us the courage to say yes. Amen.